Canvas Certified Educator Program is an absolute kick but yeah, I'm gonna say but program. Um, I, Keep it at you know, PG. <laughs> I I was using Canvas for like five years before I started beta testing, and I was like, "Holy crap, this is amazing!" You know, we're sitting here and and okay, yeah, everyone knows how to make an assignment, right? Well, most people know how to how to use discussions, but to actually like marry that up with Bloom's taxonomy and um, different technology frameworks. SAMR. SAMR, start out yep. with SAMR and then, and then like branch off a little later and look at other frameworks. It, you don't think about that. When I'm teaching people Canvas, I'm teaching nuts and bolts, right? Right. I'm like, this is where you're going. You click here and then you click here and you can do these really cool things. And then all of a sudden, um, Lauren um, Fox and Aaron Keefe, you know, hit me over the head with these amazing courses. And it's just like, I never would have thought about that. Mm. Wow. So we get through, we get through course one and then we go into course two and it's like, oh, oh, you've got more. You've got so much more. And Welcome to episode 31 of the Canvas Casters podcast. We are here with Jim Wolf. Teaching is Jim's third career. First, he was a space cowboy, and his second career was as a gangster of love. He has worked in corporate America for technology companies and has been a commercial photographer. He is currently a TOSA instructional technology specialist for Yorkville School District in Yorkville, Illinois. In his current position, Jim trains and coaches teachers on Canvas utilization and other educational platforms and trains teachers on technology integration. He has a Master's of Science in Education from DePaul University and a Master's in Science Education in Instructional Technology from Northern Illinois. It's French. Jim is a Certified Technology Specialist, a Canvas Administrator, an Instructor Advocate, a Google Certified Educator Levels 1 and 2, and an Apple Teacher. He is Ooh. currently studying for his Certified Education Technology Leader Certification. Jim is also currently working through beta testing for the Canvas Certified Educator Program, as well as facilitating CCE courses. He truly believes that technology is the best way to engage with students. In his free time, Jim does documentary and artistic photography, and he has recently become a beekeeper. A beekeeper. He is a California transplant, and when Jim grows up, he hopes to become a director of instructional technology. Woo! Welcome, our friend Jim Wolf, to the Canvas Casters Podcast. Thank you. Yeah, you, you make me sound uh, like so much more than I am. Uh, I'm not so sure that we needed to make Jim's head any bigger on this podcast. <laughs> I know. I noticed. Yeah, I noticed that that my picture is like twice the size of both of yours, and, and I think that was done intentionally. And thank you. It was on it was absolutely on purpose. I sized the windows correctly. It's, it's all started. about it's all about uh, strategies. Strategies to, to everybody needs to be happy. I should have just hooked up to a, a second monitor. That's what I should have done. <laughs> For those at home, uh, Jim's home setup uh, involves two monitors. One of those is an 80 inch plasma screen. So, holy just to, cow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> no, my, my, my wife uh, bailed on that idea. Instead, we got a, a, another dog for Christmas. As I go out in the cold tomorrow and pick up after my not TV. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, TVs oh. don't do that in your yard. <laughs> not, and not at the it, house either. <laughs> and listen, if your TV does that in the yard, you bought the wrong TV. Got to start off by saying that I did not know about your photography background and your artistic abilities. So uh, for those of you guys listening at home, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a timestamp on myself here. I'm going to make a reference to Seinfeld. So if you're uh, a 30-something or a 20-something, uh, in about three minutes, come back to the podcast. For the rest of you people, stick around. Um, so Jim takes, uh, he, he's a photographer. And so when, when, I, when I read this in the bio, I thought to myself, man, Jim. Jim could take a picture of me like George Costanza in Seinfeld, like a little, like a little sassy little picture. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe do a calendar. What do you think? Um, that will cost you quite a bit of money. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest, and and simply because I'll have to go in and edit it, and I really don't want to see those. <laughs> There's a lot of work to do. A lot There's of work. A, Photoshop. A lot of touch-ups. Hey. Yeah. Uh, no. What Fair would enough. you call it, Marcus? Like the the dad bod calendar? Like what? Right. Would you call I, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think, you know, Dad Bod Digest, I think it has a nice ring to it. That's a definite coffee table book right there if we For do sure. enough calendars. You know what? Maybe. Hey. You know, let's, let's talk after in. the podcast. Let's make that let's money. look after the podcast after I've had a couple of cocktails. <laughs> if we still have listeners left after, after that whole thing, whatever just happened there. We have something in common, you and I. We both kind of came out of industry and, and have a corporate background uh, along with our, our educational you know, mindset and our transition to teaching. And I know that when I started it, I was like a fish out of water, right? I felt really uncomfortable and, and unprepared to uh, handle the responsibility of being a teacher. Luckily I got over it. <laughs> it took me a few years, but I got over yeah. it. <laughs> so I'm just curious for you, was there any like one defining moment that ultimately said like, I want to be a teacher or was it one of those things that just kind of happened naturally in some of the things that you were already doing? Um, that's kind of hard to say. So my wife and I, before we were married, um, she used to work in cash management for uh, a bank. And I worked for uh, CompuSystems Inc., this company that we traveled all over the U.S. and Canada and did uh, trade shows, conventions, lead recording, registration management. I would sometimes be gone two to three weeks. I was de I was definitely gone two weeks out of every month. We never saw each other. We would, we would joke around. We'd just pass each other in the hallway. You know, hey, hey, Rumi, what's going on? Right. And um, she's just like, you know what? We're never going to be able to have a family if we if we do this. So she went back to school, got a master's in education. She started teaching. And then I uh, I still hadn't finished up my bachelor's degree. Um, started off in pre-med and uh, realized I didn't like being around sick people. <laughs> so, yeah, that was right. a bust. So um, <laughs> went back, um, finished up at DePaul, and then um, went into uh, commercial photography for about five years. And in the last two years, I finished up a master's in education. She used to have to do her own art classes when she taught in CPS. I went in a couple times and I showed her, uh, we set up a small dark room and I showed her kids how to process black and white film. And I really enjoyed it. And then when I was uh, working in the studio, I used to have to train all the incoming assistants and junior photographers. And, uh, you know, a lot of teaching there, teaching them how to light, um, teaching them how to stop motion. We used to have a lot of fun in the studio. Um, That's awesome. 
yeah, it, it was a good time. And, and then it was just like, yeah, you know what? I'm um, My wife's like, really? You should get back into, you know, go back to school, get an education, and we could really enjoy ourselves. And, you know, here we are years later, and we're both educators. Um, we're both poor. No. <laughs> you know, we, we have a 15-year-old daughter, and we, for the most part, get to see each other every night, which is fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, I, I had a, a similar experience. I've had a, some opportunities the last few days to to take some of my mornings and, and, and be in a classroom. And I kind of forgot what that was like as a teacher. And somebody asked, like, so how do you feel after kind of jumping in and doing a couple things in a classroom for, for the last couple of days? And I kind of said to myself, I really miss teaching. Like I, I remember what that felt like and I've had a few opportunities to, to do it. And it's, it's like, you don't realize how much you miss it until you've been out for a little while. And then you go back to it and you're like, I miss the kids. I miss that interaction. And that's cool that you found your way into education by kind of doing that on the industry side and then coming back into the, into the classroom and realizing I love this. I'm going to make this a career. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and what was really cool is coming out of um, even the the studio was it was it was a lot of high tech. It was when um, um, digital uh, high def digital cameras were coming in, and uh, you know we had uh, G fives. All of our workstations were G fives, and to go from there, I actually got hired. My my first job was teaching um, instructional technology, and when I when I got the job offer, I was like. That, that exists. That's a real thing. Like, oh yeah, you know, we teach kids how to use, how to use a Microsoft Office products, some some different kid picks. Yeah, right. kid picks. Remember that? And um, it's just a lot of you know different things. Um, and I was like, wow, this is perfect. This is perfect. I get to teach them in it, something that I love, which is technology. And uh, it was just like it was unbelievable. I was like, I can't believe this. They're going to pay me. To show kids how to use computers and, and computer programs. Right. What, awesome. And my wife's like, oh, that sounds horrible. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. This is amazing. That's what's crazy is like the the way folks discover sort of their calling, right? Um, you know, and for some people, it's they were born to be a teacher and they were the Leslie Nope. Uh, and they knew when they were six years old that they were going to be a teacher. Um, or, or in Leslie's case be in government. But, um, you know, it, it, in your case, you were always a, a, an educator. Um, it, it just, you sort of discovered it in a different way, which I think is really cool. Um, all the educators that are actually in education is they're just a fragment of the great educators that exist. Um, because there, there are, there are amazing teachers, you know, where you take your car to get fixed. They're just in different settings. Um, so I, I love that you found that or rediscovered maybe that passion in, in another field. And then it was like the next logical step was to take the passion and the innate skill and put it together into one thing. I, I, I was very lucky. I'd say I was, I was lucky. I mean, it wasn't, um, you know, the best laid plans sure. um, <laughs> got better <you> know? <laughs> because I fell into a tech position. Yeah. And, it's nice then when I, things work out, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then I, my first summer up there, um, Tim Wolf, who's the director of technology for Caneland School District, who's not related to me at all, we, we met and he hired me to manage his uh, tech interns over, you know, during the summers and uh, got to test out a lot of tech for the district and just really, you know, kind of reinforce my, my tech background, I guess you could say. And um, that's kind of where I started like, you know, really, I, I, I love teaching. 
I, I love teaching adults more than I love teaching students. And I think part of it is that they pick things up, most of them, most of them pick things up so much faster and um, you can be a little more assertive without feelings getting hurt. And with technology, sometimes you, I feel you have to do that with people. You have to be a little firmer. Being a uh, tech integration specialist or being a, an instructional tech coach would be great. And then I you know, finally got that position here in Yorkville. Um, that was really cool. And then all these other things I'm doing, like I manage our MDM, just so many different things that are on the, on the other side of teaching, more in the tech field. And I... Um, have been studying and I really want to at some point become an instructional technology uh, or, or director of instructional technology. I know how tech works. And when I started education, there was this big, you guys probably, there was a bit of a rift between education and technology. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. all, all the tech guys, they knew their stuff, but they didn't know mm-hmm. education. All, right. the, all the teachers knew education, but they didn't know the tech stuff yep. and things were quickly coming to a head. And when they finally, you know, when we reached, um, when we reach that point, when we reach critical mass, and we, we're still, um, you know, trying to find our way, and, and uh, ed tech people are, uh, it seems like there's a lot of them out there because we we are them, we know them, but um, a lot of districts aren't utilizing them. Yeah, not right, to yeah. their not to their full extent. I think you are you're right on the money, Marcus. I, I listened to that and I thought there's this disconnect between um, maybe uh, the old school mentality uh, of technology integration and combining of, of educational technology and curriculum and and how that works with some of either the old school technology that you're kind of stuck with and you're living with, or is there a new innovative approach to what you've always done? Right. So that's what we really get excited about, and I think. Yeah. Um, finding like you said it's when we find each other it's very exciting <laughs> it is it is it's really i mean i have met so many um amazing people since i um started like really pushing myself more into canvas um going to the um instructure cons met some really cool people um just through um our I think she's now our former um, sales rep, Amanda Cate, AK is introduced. She introduced me to you guys, right? Right. You know? Yep. It's fantastic. And and like it's funny because you meet people and then like all these different opportunities open up, and you know things just keep like snowballing. And next thing you know, you're a big fat snowman, and I feel like I am a big fat snowman right now because <laughs> I have met so many amazing people through um, through Canvas and just through. Um, education technology and yeah. it's been really fantastic and and if you guys don't mind I'm going to plug something really quick because you're talking oh, about hey. like We've... learning you know and, and like finding out more about about te- technology and education how to use it better <clears throat> Canvas Certified Educator Program is an absolute kick butt yeah, I'm going <laughs> to say butt program um, keep I, it at you PG know, <laughs> I, I was using Canvas for like five years before I started beta testing and I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. Yeah. You know, we're sitting here and, and, okay, yeah, everyone knows how to make an assignment, right? Well, most people know how to, how to use discussions. But to actually, like, marry that up with Bloom's Taxonomy and um, different technology frameworks. SAMR. SAMR. Start out yeah. with SAMR and then, and then, like, branch off a little later and look at other frameworks it you don't think about that when i'm teaching people canvas i'm teaching nuts and bolts right right 
I'm like, this is where you go. And you click here, and then you click here, and you can do these really cool things. And then all of a sudden, um, Lauren um, Fox and Aaron Keefe, you know, hit me over the head with these amazing courses. And it's just like, I never would have thought about that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we get through we get through course one, and then we go into course two, and it's like, oh, oh, you've got more. You've got so much more. And and I just started course three uh, Monday. I'm telling you, I feel like I know nothing about Canvas. <laughs> you know, I'm just like going through like, this is amazing. The, the, these courses are, are so amazing. And I think anyone who's using Canvas, if you really want to use Canvas, go through the CCE program. You will not regret it. And you'll be like, Jim Wolf is a smart man. <laughs> yeah. and, and I don't get that a lot. So if you do, you know, please, please say that. Jim, he, we're never going to shy it. away. We're never going to shy away from a shameless plug on this show. Trust me. Right. Marcus and I plug away at shamelessness <laughs> the entire that's... time. But it's also better that, like, I'm not going to brag or anything, but those people, that, that's the team I'm on in Canvas. So, yeah, Lauren Ooh. Fox and, and Aaron Keefe, they're amazing people, but the, the course has been thought out for months before it was ever released in this current fashion. And I know that they put a lot of time and effort into it. So absolutely appreciate all of the kind words. But if you're out there thinking about like, what's the next professional development that I should be thinking about, if it comes to Canvas, it should be the CCE program, 100%. Um, Marcus, I'm surprised that he's not just writing your coattails. He's on someone else's coattails, so I think he's that's cool. He's got problems. <laughs> right, right. I, I appreciate him being off my coattails for once. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> wow. Ooh. Zing. Zinger. Zinger. I don't. Yeah, we, we like to trash each other. This, yeah. this is so mild compared to, you know, yeah, I'll, let's just leave it there. This is right. mild. Yeah, this, this is, is tame. This is tame. <laughs> So I want to, Jim, I want to get back to, uh, you were talking about relationships and, and sort of how you've seen that uh, play out for you in your professional and personal uh, life here uh, as it relates to Canvas. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, your nine to five, Yorkville. Um, tell us about the culture there. Uh, what are some things that you're seeing there that really um, get you fired up about how things are progressing in the classrooms? Uh, can, can we talk pre-pandemic as opposed to pandemic? Sure. <clears throat> we, um, we were really kind of, uh, leading the way in this area on blended, blended learning. Um, we were doing a lot of blended learning at our high school. We even had some blended learning going on at our middle school, which was really cool. Like, you know, start opening students up to, um, and, and by blended learning, I mean, like, allowing our students to learn outside of the classroom, you know, and um, we were creating different things like module zero, where before students could blend or have their what we call blended days, which were days that they um, didn't have to be in their classroom. Um, they would have to take module zero, which which went over some of the tools they were going to be using, um, time management, so, so they would know, like, you know, if I've got something due on Friday, I don't wait till Thursday at midnight to get started on it, right? Uh, unless you're Jim Wolf in a master's program, and then you wait till Friday morning. Whoops. But nonetheless, <laughs> we want better from our students. Um, and, you know, we, we were really, um, we were just, our, our teachers were so amazing with embracing, with embracing blended learning. 
um, we would have refresher courses, you know, a couple times a year for those teachers because we've been doing it for a few years. Those teachers, when we went, um, when we did go pandemic and went to quarantine, they were like, yeah, I got this. I've got this. And, and um, in our district, we're Canvas 7 to 12. And I got to tell you, that was so huge to be able to already be for them to be familiar with the tools um in in a in you know some people in in a rudimentary sense but some people just like yeah you know everything's everything's done you know it's just my kids just won't be in front of me i've got everything set up to push out through canvas they can engage through canvas and um that helped us out a lot and they did, and, and they're still, we have three learning modalities going on in our district ever since the beginning of the year. We have um, face-to-face, we have remote or e-learning, and we have hybrid. And we, I don't know if it's still the case, but we were the only district in Illinois running all three modalities at the same time. And our teachers have worked their behinds off. And our administrators have worked their behinds off. And this wasn't just, you know, us coming and saying, well, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's try all three. For months, for months, we had somewhere between one and 200 people. We had three, three committees. We got together in those committees and we um, set agendas and things like, we can't open up if we don't have this ready. Um, how are we going to communicate with our parents? How are they going to know where to go to get their information? What if, um, you know, how are we going to provide equity? Well, everybody gets a Chromebook. Okay, well, we're ready one-to-one, but we had to, like, bring that back down to our lower grades. But then what about those people who don't have Wi-Fi? How do we bridge that? You know, and it was just, we, the, the crazy thing is, you know, no matter how many intelligent people you get in a room and no, how many, no matter how many amazing decisions you make and, and how you look forward at everything, sometimes you miss something, you know, and things didn't start off perfect and they're still not perfect, but our teachers are teaching and our kids are learning and they're, they're doing it from home. They're doing it in the classroom or they're doing it from both. And it is, it has been a long road and I'm not in it like, like our classroom teachers are. They're champs. I mean, they 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 are champs. They're the they're the heroes. I mean, I'm I'm just support at this point, and they're amazing because they're resilient. But but if we look at it, teachers have always been that way, right? Right. Oh, this yeah. is <laughs> nothing new. No, this, this is, is nothing, nothing new. new. That's what people don't. That's what people don't get about all this. And there's there's a lot of Eddie and I were talking about that this morning. Yep. There's a lot of chatter out there about education and you know uh all of the ramifications that go along with the connection of education and pandemic and all the things the problem is that there's a large chunk of society who does not get what people have been and continue to do daily under these circumstances is it's what we do like let's just just call it what it is. You can put a title on it. You can call whatever you want. Is it more difficult? Uh, sure. Um, are there more obstacles in in teachers' way now? Yeah. But guess what? Every single person is wired for this, and so it's like 
I thought the thing that had like a survey where it was like, are teachers the least resilient profession because they're always like jumping, teachers are leaving the profession at a, at a high rate. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like teachers are, are in the middle of a pandemic and I guarantee you a lot of them will stick around after this because this is what they do. This is what they've always done. They've been asked to adapt to curriculum maps. They've been asked to adapt to learning management systems. They've now been asked to adapt to blended learning and remote learning and hybrid learning and in-person learning because it is all a new ball game. And unfortunately, I don't think we do enough. And Jim, I'm glad you're saying the right things, which is we got to celebrate these teachers for doing what they always have done, which is get out of my way. Let me teach. I'll do the best that I can. Right. I'm going to do the best that I know humanly possible to make sure that my kids get an education. People need to remember, like, you know, I, I, I tweeted it out last night is schools closed, but we never stopped. Right. Our teachers never stop teaching. I mean, that's commitment. That's professionalism. That is, that's dedication. And that's love of what you do. It's heart. It's grit. It's, it's, what, it's what teachers have always given. <laughs> they just give it in a different way now. So one of the things that you mentioned earlier that I, I just want to, I want to make sure that people don't miss it. And I want to harken back to you talking about the teaching modalities in your district and talking about um, having blended days and having what you called the um, module zero. Uh, I think that teachers and administrators and coaches and anyone who's listening, that is an angle on the use of the LMS and tech integration that is not done enough, which is creating content that is going to assist and support the kids, uh, the students, in using the technology, right? And we talk about this in the Canvas circles all the time about teaching uh, and assisting and supporting kids in how to do what we want them to do. Because what's what are we trying to accomplish when we use Flipgrid and do all the things inside Canvas and we embed it? Da, 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 da. What are we trying to do? Are we trying to teach them how to use the technology? Or are we trying to impact them with learning? We want to impact them with learning. So we have to do something like a module zero, which I love, to to do to put the, uh, the foundation down for these kids to learn how to do the thing and then learn from using the thing. So I love that. I want everybody to remember <laughs> the, the module zero and, and the idea that, you know, you can as a district, a grade level, a building, you can create these things and have them ready so that kids can learn ahead of time so that when they get the assignment, the task that uses the thing, they don't have to learn the thing. They've already learned it. Right. Because our, our teachers um, have so much content to deliver, you know, and, and it's not, it, it's just not fair to have, you know, to drop all of it on them. Not only do you need to deliver the content, you need to teach the kids how to use the technology. And, you know, some teachers are really good about that. They have it, they have it built in. They have technology integration, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's phenomenal. And that's what I love doing. That's what I love doing. That's why ultimately I went into a tech role was because when I found something I wanted to use in my class, I relished the opportunity to teach the tech and then teach the content along. I, I enjoyed that, but I get that that's not everybody. And so if I'm a teacher who is maybe not, uh, you know, as techie, not as passionate about that, but I still want to do great things for my kids, 
you know, something like that where, uh, you know, we can get together in a summer or a tech department or a curriculum team, whoever it may be, creates this. That I think there's a lot of teachers listening who would love to have this kind of thing prepared either by others in the district or by, you know, sort of divide and conquer and know that, hey, this is going to be here. I don't actually have to teach the tech on the fly. Um, I can actually refer to this. There's a there's a resource um, that's particular to our school or our district or even grade level that's going to help me get the kids on the path so that when I do want to use this fancy schmancy whatever, whatever, I don't have to teach it directly. I can provide this resource. I just love that. I want everybody to remember that. So with that, we're going to take a break. And after the break, we're going to come back and talk to Big Jim about Canvas. Sweet. Welcome back to the Canvas Casters podcast. We're here with a good friend, Jim Wolf from Yorkville CUSD in Yorkville, Illinois. Uh, that's Marcus. Why did you change the spelling on the script? That's Illinois, correct? Illinois. That's how we say it here in Indiana. Uh, Jim, we have grown to be good friends over the past years. Uh, and so through our connections with Canvas, uh, we know that you're a huge fan of the platform. Obviously, we are too. What are a couple examples of some great things specifically in Canvas you're seeing from teachers in Yorkville? Um, one would be using some of the different LTIs that we have. Um, Edpuzzle LTI, uh, we have that at our middle school and high school. Um, teachers are utilizing that a lot. Um, we had um, a Nearpod LTI. It's another um, one that teachers, especially with remote learning, it's, it's great to have that. And surprisingly, uh, some of them were using um, Flipgrid LTI. That was another popular one. I think... Uh, well, th this year, one thing that we're not using is modules. And I, I got to tell you, modules to me, modules are great, especially if you if you do prereqs, you know, because then they can see, they can kind of go through and see, oh, I've already done that. It's got the check mark. I, I would say just right now, teachers are, are trying a lot of new things. Uh, some of them are, are open to a lot more suggestion. What we've been trying to do for the last couple of years is getting them to use discussions more. Um, discussions are very, very valuable in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and especially like if you use discussions and you um, allow students to, to create a discussion, you know, maybe they're not understanding something and they want to put it out to the rest of the, the rest of the class. You know, where we have, oh, this is novel, students teaching other students. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting thought. Interesting concept. Hmm. We can get back to that. We can get back to that. But no, it, it's, th there's so much they can do with discussions. I mean, even, even if you do video, right? Video discussion. Yeah. You still, you still put it in the, in the, um, in the tool for discussions, but instead of having them type, because l let's be honest, who wants to read all that text, right. you know? I mean, if I can just like hear you tell me and, and, you know, watch you talk to me with, with, you know, the tones and, and the inflection and, and see if you're really impassioned about something, then that's so much better for someone like me who 
doesn't like to read a book, but hey, man, you make it into a movie, I'm on it. Right, right. right. Yeah. I'm just being and honest. Our, you know, I, there are students that are a little bit more comfortable with using that tool, like in their home, in that absolutely. remote setting, than like being in class with 30 people and be like, well, I'm not going to speak up or I don't want to look silly, right? Right. And then those people who don't want to use it can still go back to text, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you're going to some people who, I mean, I get it all the time when, um, when we do PD, it's like teachers like oh, I'm going to shut my camera off, <laughs> or I, or if you give them a, a, a an assignment where they where they do where they have to do video, they're like I hate myself on video. I mean, let's yeah. be honest, most of us do. I mean, right. but because it's just weird seeing yourself and hearing your own voice. I like that flexibility with the discussions, uh, and I'm always a big fan of Eddie and I talk about this all the time. Like, the more media, digital content, the better video audio video audio feedback discussion with video like all we're all all about all of that um but part of that and and what jim said is what i think is really valuable when we talk about kids comfort level is that shows that compassion as an educator as an adult to create learning experiences where kids have options that they can still participate they can still express thought. They can still be comfortable and feel safe. And when you're using a discussion in Canvas, I feel like you've got multiple avenues for, for, for a learner, you know, express what it is that they want to, to say, whether it's video, audio, uh, or text. You sort of, I feel like you've got a blanket over all the different, you know, mentalities there, which I love. Um, kind of along the same lines, you talked about Flipgrid. Um, you know, the LTI for, for that. Yeah. Uh, Flipgrid's added, you know, audio only to that, which I think is, again, that's a, that's a product that is saying, we hear you, we're going to adjust. And I want to see my kids on the Flipgrid, but I get that they don't always want that. So the audio option's great, you know? So it's these, these uh, you know, the LTIs like you talked about and discussions, great. I love all of that because, again, it gives that student, it's an empowering the learner sort of thing, which we all are a fan of. So when impactful learning happens in blended and online environments, those experiences are almost always a product of great teaching, right? This, it's not the tech. The tech only is sort of the avenue. It's a vehicle, um, yep. Yeah. So when we talk about Canvas, we talk about uh, the LMS and how it just sort of, we think it just makes everything easy to be great, uh, for learners. Um, so is there anything outside of discussions and LTIs? Is there anything else? Is your, is there a, a secret weapon that you, uh, haven't shared with the world or is there something that maybe you think is underutilized? Wow. There's just, you want me to dig deep on this one, don't you? Going deep cuts. <laughs> um, deep cuts. I I think one of the B-side. Um, <laughs> what is a B-side? We're old, right? B-side. What's a B-side? Um, for our for our thirty-something and below listeners, a B-side is a backside of a record, a you know album, album. B-side, an album, if you will. Um, and that was the thing that was before the eight-track, which was before the cassette tape, which was before the compact disc. Which was before the MP3. Which was before the MP4. Correct. And there you have it. That's the and, TED Talk and, and on we're the done. history of audio. 
<laughs> okay. So actually, you asked me a question. And <laughs> I got to tell you, one of the things that I, I think is underutilized, and I was just presenting on it today, is um, uh, feedback, providing comments to our students. And, you know, we just talked about about using video and discussions. Here's a great idea. Use video and feedback. Yeah. You know, when you're when you're giving comments to your students, use video. Use audio if you can't use video. If you don't want them to see your face, which okay, that's fine. <laughs> but you know, I mean like like I mean like we talked about before, right? We have perfect faces for, for the radio sure. or for podcasts. Right. I get that. But you know, if if we have students who are who are struggling with reading and then you give them um, feedback in text, if they're already struggling with reading it, how do you think they're going to take it in context? Right. They're not. They're going to struggle yep. that much more. If we can just go in and, and video or audio record ourselves giving them the feedback and commenting on um, what needs to be adjusted, that is so powerful for them. I, I, I don't know. T to me, it's whatever whatever we can do to to support them um, and make things, I, I don't want to say easier, but more understandable or more easily understood for them, mm -hmm. if, if that makes sense. Yeah, you're um, taking it, out the ambiguity of of text. You know, we've all yeah. we've all misread or misinterpreted a text yeah. message yeah. or an email. You've read the email and you've been like, oh, was that... I think somebody's throwing shade on the email. And then or, you have like seven people look at it like, Did, is this shade? Am I? Is this shade? Am I the guy? What? Yeah. Do I need to respond to this? How do Marcus, I respond? Marcus does it every day to me. So no, no. I don't don't go there. I can uh, see that. messages from him. No. He calls me no. an idiot. I, I've seen, There's no I've ambiguity. Type, he just Eddie. calls me an idiot. Eddie, I've seen stuff you type, man. You you got some shade in words. I don't I don't know how you do it. Right? Whoa. I, can well, I think... <laughs> I think there's no, but, a perception about how I text. Right, no. <laughs> but but seriously, the, the when we're when we're talking about communication and feedback with students and I, and I love that you you brought that up because that is that's a thing that I'm seeing out there in the Twitter sphere a lot recently it seems like which is, you know, talk about feedback, uh, audio, video. I again, you remove the ambiguity of just the text. Students don't have to try to interpret a tone. Um, they can hear your tone. And by that same token, they get to hear and see your excitement. Yes. And I think that that's super important when you're giving, when you you're giving positive feedback uh, to a student on their writing or whatever work they've done. They get to hear that energy in your voice. They're going to be like, Mr. Painter might be crazy because he was entirely too excited about me doing well on this paragraph. Um, and, and I can't express that in words typing or in words scribbling in red ink on an essay. But I can get really, really ramped up with my voice and my facial expressions, and they can see that. And I think that that is way more impactful than, hey, you got a 9 out of 10. Nice job. And the other thing is, like, like me personally, when, when I read, I process what I'm reading, but at the same time, I'm thinking about, oh, you know what? That's a great point. But I keep reading. And then I get to the end of something, I'm like, oh boy, I have no clue what I just read. Mm -hmm. But I got this great idea up here at the top of the page, you know, show me a video and I'm thoroughly engaged, you know, and I'm just like, I know that's why you guys do this, you know, so I can see you guys in video. Otherwise I'd be, you know, looking at squirrels or, you know. Right. Yeah. 
So yep. it's appreciated. Uh, Marcus, can we let him off the hook for the canvas backpack? You put him on the spot with that second. So I think feedback, discussions. Jim, are you are hold on? Do you want to do you want to put some things into your canvas backpack? Or are you good with those? Oh, I thought you were offering a canvas backpack. I'll take another one. <laughs> we <laughs> we got nothing. What we do you think nothing. we you think we just have swag coming out of our ears over here? My my daughter my daughter has my my what is it Cot- Cotopaxi Cotopaxi the um. The ones from um, this year's uh, Canvas Con. Yeah. 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 She's nice. Got that. Nice. So you had it for a couple of weeks and then. I, no, I had it for um, it coming out of the package. Oh. <laughs> it was, it was cool. a special moment. She's like, I love it was. this. Right. It was. Okay. Hey, great. Jim, but before we go, man, you've been such a, a, a supporter of ours and a fan, and we just appreciate you taking the time. But where can people find you? We know you're super open with collaborating with people on, on Twitter or social media. Um, where can people reach out if they've got questions or want to reach out to you and ask uh, some you know, more specifics? Sure. Um, probably the best, um, easiest platform to reach me on is Twitter. Um, I, I'm at W James Wolf at W James Wolf. That's my handle. Um, and if they just want to, um, inbox me through Twitter, through, through messages, I'll be happy to, uh, send them my, um, my email address if they want to communicate, you know, you know, I, I do LinkedIn, but that's, you know, that, that's not like yeah. some place I hang. Right. Tw- Twitter. Twitter's I a, yeah. I don't do a lot of hangout. Not hang really out hanging on, on the on the LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, LinkedIn. It's like a you know, it's a little. Um, it, it's for grown-ups. Yeah, what is, we all know that. I what do they say? On, what do they say on Parks and Rec, Marcus? For the professional shorties. <laughs> <laughs> i love it jim thank you so much again you're a super supporter you've been with us since you know i I think uh, near the beginning of this thing and we have always wanted to have you on so it's been super fun to to have this time and finally get to record an episode with you so thanks so much thank you guys this has been really great so my agent wanted to know who do i send the uh bill to marcus painter okay Uh, (laughs) here you ready you ready for the i'll give you the number ready yes uh five 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 five. So what is it in a uh, Finding Nemo? Then P. Sherman Wallab- forty two Wallaby Way or something. Wallaby Way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> send it there. Yeah. Forty two Wallaby Way, Sydney, yeah, Australia. Something like, something like that. Yeah. Send it there. Um, yeah. Thanks again, Jim. Loved it. Uh, can't wait to. We'll, we'll see on the flip side. And one of these days, when the when the pandemic is done, there's going to be one heck of a canvas party with all of the community folks and every listener of the podcast and we're just gonna just blow something up it's gonna be great yeah hey instructor canvas if you're listening right canvas roadshow baby let's go (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i said it before i will take the first shift driving right but but i i get i gotta pick the playlist (laughs) (laughs) thanks gentlemen uh thank you a blast Thank you. Uh, always right, good. To, always good to hear you, and thank you guys for um, for this podcast because what you guys do is phenomenal. You guys uh, bring. Th- there are so many people I never would have known about if they hadn't been on your podcast. You right. guys yeah. do so much for the community, um, and and podcast is amazing. Um, it's humorous, you know, and it's also serious at the same time, and that's what we need, right? But thank Amen you guys. This has been Thanks. amazing. Appreciate it.